The big question is this, how can we live a productive life and leave behind a great legacy? A legacy that not only we are proud of, but legacy that Allah is pleased with. How can we do that without feeling stressed and overwhelmed? That's the question. And this podcast is here to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I learn, apply and share personal development and productivity tips that help us to live productive and meaningful life and help us to leave behind a legacy that we can be proud of. My name is Adam and welcome. Welcome to Productive Muslim Nation Podcast. Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to another episode of Productive Muslim Nation Podcast. Today I have a sister Karina with me here. She is a hypnotherapist and certified coach who helps and supports people towards healing and self-discovery. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the podcast, Karina. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yeah, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Would you like to tell us more about yourself, who you are and what do you do? What I do now or what I did in the past? Because you, you my should. background is a long story. So my, my original background is psychology. Yeah, mm. I have a bachelor in psychology and social science in Germany. I'm a German living in a reward sister living in UK. I have had my own health challenges throughout my youth. I could say that in my 20s and 30s even, I had really big uh, challenges to face in my own health. So I was labeled incurable and this is when my health journey began. So I didn't take that uh, label. My only option was how can I get out of this situation? So this is when I had to find my own treatments, my own therapies, my own cure. And I believed in what Allah says. Allah says, I have given you the illness. I have given you the cures. You just have to look for a default. And so this was my only belief. I couldn't really feel how it would be to be healthy again. But this one belief made me, gave me so much energy and power to, to look. And I always promised Allah, when you cure me, it must be a miracle cure. But if you cure me, I promise you I'm going to help others. And I'm going to be trained in what you cure me with to help others. This was my promise. Because I, I, I was very passionate about helping people. But if you can't help yourself, it's very difficult yeah, to have that conviction uh, how I'm going to help others if I can't help myself. So this was the beginning yeah, of my long journey. And it led me to be trained in massage treatments first. It let me be trained as a herbalist. I trained in allergy treatment. So everything that helped me, I was trained in. I trained in hijama. I got my diploma in two years in, in England uh, in hijama therapy. This was my biggest bre- breakthrough, honestly. Inshallah. This changed everything. But there was always something left. So I detected, oh, I have so many allergies. And when I wa- was better, I have eliminated my allergy through a therapist. And then I was trained in allergy treatment. Then I came across a hadith, what changed my life. And this um, changed even the approach on my, myself, how to treat myself and then later my patients. And this hadith, if I, want, if I can share it with you, the hadith is, uh, I found it in prophetic medicine by Ibn Qayyim. When Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, someone of you is sick, 
gives the body what the body needs, but it is better to treat your heart and your soul, cure them and be aware that nobody harms you. So when I found this Hadith, I cried three days over it because it had so much truth in it. And I didn't know why I was crying, but I, I realized that I had no pain anymore in my body, but I had emotional pain. So this led me again, coming back to psychology. And because there were some misconceptions in the Muslim society, I was already Muslim and they said, oh, psychology, this is all not good. You have to just read Quran. I said, no, if there is a cure for physical illnesses, there must be a cure for the soul as well. And this mm -hmm. is not only read by reading Quran, because I had that psychological background already. But that's so, so common belief when Muslims yeah. think that Quran is the only solution for mental or health issues. Would be great, but mm. it isn't. It isn't. We have so many, many more options. So I believe all the knowledge in the world is from Allah. So just seek if you find. So I, I, I didn't know that time how to cure my soul. And I had the trust again in Allah. I said, Allah, you gave me this knowledge now that deep in my heart there is something that has to be healed in order to get my physical health and i believe that you will guide me through the right treatment and i found the psychosomatic energetic treatment what i treated myself with i treated maybe around thousand patients of mine now with the psychosomatic energetic treatment where i detect the emotional blockages in the person mm -hmm. cure them with homeopathy remedies and then this is a long-lasting, um, effective treatment. And when you treat your emotional blockages, all of a sudden you feel very strong in your body. It's amazing. It's it, wow. this hadith is really true. I have the evidence. I have the experiences. But the last part of the hadith was still uh, a question for me. The last part is and be aware, nobody harms you. Nobody harms you. How can I prevent my clients and myself from further harm? So this led me into positive psychology and coaching to learn how to prevent negative events or experiences. If, if we can do that, I wanted to learn this. So I became a strategic intervention coach trained by Tony Robbins at that time. And I trained by Barbara Fredrickson in, in the USA as well in positive psychology. And this is what I do today. But you, you mentioned already that I do hypnotherapy also. And this was the last piece of puzzle that was missing in really cure people in a very fast way. Because I don't have time <laughs> for myself and for my patients. We can't go every week, every Friday, sitting one hour counseling for five years and after five years we suffer the same way so i was trained um, recently in rapid transformational therapy this is not only hypnotherapy this is also uh, something that people think rapid transformational therapy contains behavioral therapy talk therapy healing the inner child and coaching a little bit and hypnosis of course because what I learned throughout my own journey and in treating my patients is that we have to start where the problems are rooted. And mm -hmm. this is in the subconscious mind. So I'm very passionate now to uh, be able to access 
where the programs are, the wrong programs in our subconscious mind, the negative beliefs that lead our life by 95%. And this is scientifically proven. Our subconscious mind is the leader of our life by 95%. So why working on the conscious level, sitting five years in a chair every week with a psychologist, talking about my problems and nothing changes? So in, in RTT, Rapid Transformational Therapy, I get those fast results in one to three sessions only with my patients. So I treat eating disorders. I treat bulimia, anorexia. I treat depression anxiety and it takes me really one to three sessions only to get my patients out of that state and when they're out of that state they want to do even more for themselves so i offer money blockages treatments mm. so then we we treat the financial problems we treat relationship problems we and this takes me one to three sessions working on money blockages relationship blockages and so on Mashallah, that sounds amazing. And all that certification and credits that you have is, is amazing. And alhamdulillah, I'm kind of happy that we have in the Muslim space someone who is doing this. Thank you very much. May Allah reward you, you for all it was, it was a little bit selfishness <coughs> in it. Yeah, so myself, my own problems led me. But when I have this knowledge and those experiences, why not share it with others? Being others, because... If I see someone devastated, hopeless, unmotivated, energyless, I have to help. That's in my heart. I have to give them these options. You can take them or not, but mm. we have help. There is hope and there's help available. Mm. Yeah, this is my message <laughs> to the to the Ummah. Good message, mashallah. My journey to personal development started long time ago. I remember four or five years ago, I was still working in this chocolate factory. I was doing night shifts and in the nights, in order to stay awake, I would listen from YouTube lectures like Yasser Qadi, Noman Ali Khan, but also Tony Robbins. And I have to give the credit to Tony Robbins because of his YouTube talks also have affected on me. So I was excited to hear that you were, that you were trained by Tony Robbins too. I always choose the best of the best because mm. when they get results, so I will get results. I always choose the best. So even Marissa Peer, who is the founder of Rapid Transformation Therapy, was awarded as UK's best doctor. And she has amazing results. She treats all the Hollywood actors and CEOs and athletes and politicians. Even Princess Diana was a patient of hers. Wow. And yeah, she, she treats the top of VIPs. They don't have time. They have money, but they don't have time. So she found a way to fix people in one to three sessions. And I thought, I want to do that. I want to give that to my community. Of course, I did my own sessions. Hmm. I had so far 12 or 13 sessions for myself because I need to be convinced first. Yeah, if I see the changes in myself, if I see the blockages fade away from me and my life gets better, I'm more happy, I attracting the right relationships, my business is better. If I have these positive results, it's the best evidence for my clients to think, yes. why not going to do the coaching with Karina? Yeah, I, I'm the best role model for them and I, I have to be, yeah. I have to be a role model. If, if I'm not convinced about what I'm doing, why should I do it, right? Yeah, you have to believe what you're doing. Yes. And you, and you have to believe that you can help people. Of course.
course. Mm. And there's always help, as I said. There's always help. Well, do you face a lot of, like, we know in the Muslim community, we have a lot of uh, negative people who have limiting beliefs. Do you face those people in your work? Of what course, you... it is all about limiting beliefs. It's all, so that, that's, this is my laser focus. When I have my discovery calls and new clients comes on the call, this is what I first look for. What are their limiting beliefs? Because this is what I fix. And when I fix those beliefs, they get well. So I, I can't show you how, how I coach my clients. I let yeah. them draw pipelines, one above the other. And then I explain to them, in order to change your behavior and how you feel, you, you can't just change a habit. You can't just, just change your behavior by taking action. You have to first feel differently in order to behave differently. You have to have different emotions. But how to change the emotions? This was my question for such a long time. So I know today that the thinking, the thoughts that we have in our mind causes how we feel. For example, we have an event. It's not the event that affects us. It's the interpretation, the meaning we give to that event. And the meaning we give to that event makes us feel a certain way. And when we feel a certain way, we behave appropriately. Yeah, if, if, I always give an example. You have some, a man, a teacher, uh, tells four students off. Four students react completely different, differently to what the teacher said. The teachers accuses them, for example, uh, why have you done that? I punish you today. One says, oh, I don't take that. I don't let that in. It's not me. I think my teacher has a bad day. And he leaves the conversation. Another one thinks, oh my God, again me. It's my fault. What have I done wrong? Oh, I have to be punished because I, I'm, I'm always wrong. Third person might think, oh, what a rubbish teacher. I hate him and I will show him what I can do. Whatever, every four of the people have a different interpretation of what's happening yes. and this this interpretation leads you how to feel so how to change now to the way you feel and the way you behave and there comes in my work this is where i come in by changing the beliefs about something changing the limiting beliefs that are based in the subconscious mind so when I have a new client, when I see a new patient, the first thing, and I talk to them, I think, what, what do you think when, when you have this issue? When you are depressed, what are your thoughts? And I write them down. And what do you feel when you have those thoughts? And they tell me, oh, I'm feeling not good enough. I'm worthless. I don't deserve certain things. You know, I detect immediately that those are just beliefs limiting beliefs caused somewhere in the childhood so in the hypnotherapy what i do i regress my patients back to three scenes in their past mostly in the childhood and i ask the subconscious mind where is this where this belief formed what is the root and the cause of the problem this clients face today for example my i don't tr attract the right men in my life yeah, we have sisters. They have always problems. They always choose the wrong person and they suffer so much. So my question would be to the subconscious mind, why is she attract? Why are you 
attracting always the wrong person into your life. Mm. Show me where is the root and the cause of the problem. And then it's amazing. I put my clients two minutes into hypnosis and the subconscious mind knows everything. It's like a computer. Every little, every single second in your life is saved in your subconscious mind. And in the hypnosis, it's very easy to access the root and the cause of the problem. And then we come to scenes like the father, father was dominating you, punished you, and, and you couldn't do anything in your life. So she started hating men. Yeah, she hmm. started not believing in herself. She started to think of herself, oh, I must be a bad girl. I'm not a good girl. I'm bad and I'm not worthy of having a good treatment from my father. So this leads you to attract always the wrong person. And when we fix this in the hypnosis, so first I detect where is the problem caused and which scenes in your life. And then I go back and I change the meaning. I change with my clients together the interpretation by saying, that is not me. I'm not six. I'm not six anymore. I'm 38 and I'm worthy. I deserve to have the best life. And love is available to me. That's not true anymore. I was small. I had to live with this treatment by my father. I have to live in this situation because I was little. I couldn't go somewhere else. I had I had to go through it because I had to survive somehow. But now you live in your own flat. Nobody can restrict you anymore. And when we change this in two hours, yeah, two hours last a session, when we change those interpretation, the meaning of those events, the person is immediately transformed afterwards. She acts differently. She feels differently. Everything changes and she attracts the right person afterwards. And that's a huge success for me and for my clients. So Anna, I remember when I was in high school, I took this psychology class. And one day we had a hypnotherapist who came in and did a session. But I had the attitude that I didn't even believe that hypnotherapy would work. I was, I was a teenager though. I had this attitude. So in the session, I was resilient and reluctant to, to, to obey the instructions. I was like, hypnotherapist is nonsense. It doesn't work. Do you feel like, do you feel that you have similar misconceptions within Muslim community that they don't believe that therapy works or? I had one, uh, this is not a client. I mean, on yeah. Facebook, everybody can read my posts and can see me and what I do. And I, I don't feel that it is wrong what I do. I'm very convinced because it helped me so much and it helped my patients so much. And if something helps you so much that you are not depressed anymore and you can care for your kids again. So if you were depressed and late and were bedridden for five years, you couldn't be a good wife or a good mother. What big change when you can get up or get out of your bed go to work and do the things you're supposed to do. So what is wrong here? And I want to give you um, one uh, uh, example of one sister. She said to me, everything is haram. And she posted a link from uh, something I was just laughing about the link. And she she said, and even the sheikh who, who made this fatwa, yeah, who yeah. produced this fatwa, 
he said, uh, we are not allowed to talk with gin. I, I said, what? I'm not, I'm not talking to any gins. I'm yeah. talking to the person. The yeah. person is always in control. So the conscious mind is a little bit sleepy, but I don't hypnotize my people, my, my patients so deep that they don't know what, what, who they are or what they do or say. And even after the session, they remember everything. And mm. sometimes during the session, they say to me, can I go to the toilet, Karina? I, I have to go. I say, of course. So sometimes even children come in and disturb mm. the session. And yeah. they talk to their children with their eyes closed and said, mommy is finished now in five minutes. Please sit down. Mm. So we are always in control. I don't know what these sheikhs know about hypnotherapy, what they believe, uh, but is in this case this sister had by herself hypnotherapy sessions in the past and she said yeah i had hypnosis but i know now it's haram i said did your therapist talk to your gins mm. <laughs> yes yeah, sarcastically i asked her did your therapist talk to your gins in the session and she didn't answer me back mm. so what iraqi does they talk to gins so they are allowed to talk to gins i mean even this for me is very harmful in some cases. Yeah, I have mm. many patients who thought they are affected by possession. They are affected from gin and magic. I have many, many of those patients, but I tell them. Yeah, do they come for you for Rupiah or what? No, no, they yeah. come to me. They don't want to even do the treatment, but mm. I convince them. I tell them, you know what? It doesn't matter. Mm. Most of the times they are not affected by gins. This is just what they believe. You mm. see? Here we have another belief, yeah? yeah? So I have had a sister, she was suffering for years. She is nearly my, my friend now. She became my friend. And she, uh, she said, oh, you see, I go every week to another Rocky and she was suffering with pain. And I said, mm. why don't you try hypnotherapy? I can fix you in one to three sessions. And she never believed in it. But mm. she believed in, in the Iraqis talking to her jinns every week. And then she said, you know what? I can't anymore. I come to you. I just give it a try. She now, she doesn't have any nightmares. She doesn't have any pain in her body. She's not scared of any gin anymore. And she said after the session to me, you didn't say anything about the gins. I said, no, I don't focus on, on those things. I mm. focus on curing your soul, your heart and, and treating your emotional problems. This is what I focus on. And you see, you don't have anything. Mm. This is a wonderful relief. And most of my clients, because they don't see, you know, you don't see your emotional problem. If you break your leg, you see it's broken and your yeah. surgeon can help you, but you don't see your broken heart. So when people think of, oh, I'm feeling so bad, I have these physical issues even, it must be a gym, it must be magic. It is of 95% of the cases not true. I, I see this in my practice. I'm able to convince them to come and treat their emotional problems. They are out of that stuff. They don't even talk about gins anymore. So let's try even. There was a, share, um, a psychologist 1,400, not 1,000 years ago. I posted it recently on my Facebook page. 1,000 years ago, golden age psychologist. And he said, even spiritual caused mental illnesses or worldly caused mental illnesses has to be have to be approached the same way scientifically. We have to approach both 
problems, spiritual costs, mental problems, and yeah, worldly caused mental problems. We have to approach them and cure them the same way. What is the dunya way? Scientifically, it works. I can tell you it works. And uh, you see that people sometimes get ill. With the Rukia, sometimes they become deep psych psychological problems. You have to be very carefully. Those Rakis are not trained in psychology. Mm. How can they distinguish between possession and mental illness? This is a big thing. I, I want to really mm. clean that off with my work. I want to really spread awareness about those issues. That's all my work uh, is about. That's good. I think we need we need to spread awareness about this issue. And actually myself, many things that you just mentioned is new to me. I'm kind of learning as well. Jazakallah khair for sharing those things too. You have been coaching people. So I want to ask, what is the biggest lesson you have learned from, from the people you have coached? What is the lesson they have taught you personally? learned that the same thing I have learned for myself. If you are open-minded and if you are willing to learn, even though you don't see where it um, will lead you, where it will lead you, even if you don't see the light in the darkness, go out, seek for help and you will get the reward and Allah will help you. So all these sisters who came to me, even brothers come to me recently. I wasn't uh, focusing on working with brothers, but the husbands of the patients of mine asked me to help them. Yeah, I, I asked you one time, you remember, are you a coach? Can you help the brother yeah. somewhere? And you yeah. said, no, I am doing something different. Yeah. But you know what? In the end, they convinced And this brother was uh, contacting you from all the way to Somalia, right? Yes. So they contacted me and I must say, I don't regret that I coached him. He even did the RTT sessions, three of them. And he is a different person. He has written a big testimonial on my website. I'm so grateful and thankful. And he is thankful as well. So he recommends me to others. I have treated nearly his whole family now. The thing is, if it comes to money, to finances, yeah, is it not better to spend your money in three sessions, what costs maybe a little bit more, but save five years of suffering, save your marriage, save your relationships, and be a good mother, be strong, confident, and live your passion. So what my work is, I bring them out of, of depression, anxiety, and all these negative feelings, but in the end, I want to see them thriving. When they are out of minus 150, when I got them from minus 150 to zero, I tell them, now I want to see you thriving. I want you to see, to live the life you're supposed to live, the life you really deserve. What is your dream? And then they, str they struggle. They say, well, I don't know what my dream is. And this is the further work I do. I don't want them just get out of depression. Mm. I want them to see, live a fulfilled and happy life. So that's when we start fixing relationship problems, finding your passion, finding your purpose, go after your dreams. And yeah, this is leave a legacy. That's the yeah. work as you do. We mm. all are supposed to leave a legacy, are we? Yes, mashallah. And once again, 
the importance of the work you do because like I have seen personally people who are suffering from depression and in a Muslim community that's such a topic that is, is stigmatized and it's a difficult topic to talk about because even if someone says out loudly or mention depression people often think that you're not grateful enough like why are you oh, depressed for? You know many of us go through a childhood adversity what has this to do with having low iman? Because what we have forgotten about our childhood still affects us in adult life. But we have forgotten about it. We numbed ourselves, but still it affects us. When you mentioned the depression, recently there's much, much more awareness in America when a sister hanged herself in the masjid. Yeah. Subhanallah. So open up their own and this was a sister she spread awareness about depression she was volunteering she was educated and she she uh did speeches when was this yeah, this i i can't i can't remember what city it was now but um in in boston and massachusetts there is now a gone organization that spread awareness about committing suicide in the muslim community and mm. even children are in danger Mm. You know, they cut their arms and they want to leave the religion. Mm. I, mm. I see this in UK as well, because mm. we put so, so much pressure on our, our children who were raised in the Western world. Yeah, to adjust as parents when we live here, we have to adjust. We can't just say you um, memorize the Quran. Everything you do is haram. And mm. you know what? They they don't feel the love to Allah. They don't have the connection to Allah because the parents use uh, Allah as a punishment mm. for the for their kids because the parents are not well educated how to parent their children well. And so this is the cause. And then the school pressure comes on top, the school, the educational pressure, and children. They want to leave the religion. They have boyfriends. I can, my children go to a girls' school. They are 95% Muslim girls. And they take off their hijab and they go to school. And when they go home, they put their hijab. They have boyfriends. They, they, they are depressed. They asked even my daughter, can you tell me, Khadija, how, how to become a Christian? So this is devastating. And this is not one case. It's not one case. We have to really be open and aware of what we do and what's happening in the Muslim Ummah. And there are many, many more thoughts of committing suicide than we think. There was a brother when I lived in Nottingham. One mm. morning I saw everywhere these flyers on every tree. You know, he was a leader. He was a teacher in the mosque. A Quran mm. teacher, very well respected, two children, a wife. And you know where, where they found him? Right. In, in, the, in the river. Subhanallah. It was not even 30 years old. It was two years ago. It was shocking. So, and after that event happened, so many sisters came to me asking me, can you help my brother? Can you help my husband? You see, they all yeah. are in depression, but mm. now they are afraid. To, to have the same experiences with their own relatives. And uh, you know what? That time I opened up to, to treat brothers. What's mm. the problem? I want to save them from leaving the world. So don't be ashamed. Don't feel ashamed. Don't be shy. Just seek for help. Allah is great. Allah yeah. has given you the opportunities to seek for help. There's always hope. There is hope. The whole religion of Islam is based on hope. If you see, uh, yeah, the Yaqub alayhi salam. Mm, alayhi salam. 
he he was blind of crying about Yusuf salam, and he never ever gave up hope and finally he got his son back how can we give up hope how right that Yusuf salam, that's a beautiful story one of my favorite stories from the Quran we are coming end to our time so I want to finish off by asking a last question what is the legacy that you want to leave behind Legacy. Yeah. What my work is all about is not focusing on getting people out of depression. What I focus on is um, look for the talents and things that Allah has gifted you with. Look for the talents and the skills Allah has given to you in order to live the life you're supposed to live. There is a hadith. I was so happy when I reverted to Islam. Everyone said, oh, you don't need to work. You don't just stay home. Allah will give you your risk. You don't need to do much. But how, I'm German. I come from a different culture. I know I have to put effort in, energy, being productive. And they taught me those things. And then I found a hadith when Allah says, this was in the Prophet said, Allah laughs when his servant is thank grateful for the talents Allah has given to them. And when, when those servants show Allah what they do with their talents, so yeah, use hmm. your talents to make the best out of your life. And the, the best uh, role models for me are the Muslims in the golden age. Hmm. The Muslims in the golden age, they really lived what we are supposed to live. They studied in so many signs. They, they studied the religion, they studied science, they were on top of the world. Why can't we go back to that place? Sleeping all day long, waiting mm. for something? No. Look for what is, is your specialty, what you can do and serve people with. How can you make a difference in the world, in the ummah, that we are respected? We buy the cars from the no-Muslims. We buy the refrigerator from the Muslims, the lap, uh, from the no-Muslims, mm. the laptops. Why can't we do, produce or create those things? That's yeah? a good and question. And this is what all your work is about. And that's why I love what you do. And that's why I contribute you in your Facebook group. You have seen it. I Inshallah. really like those people. Yeah? Yeah. Work together and serve each so. other. And get mm. the best out of ourselves. And everything starts with ourselves. This is what Allah mm. says in the Quran. I give this verse to every of my clients. Surah 13, verse 11. Um, if you want to change the condition of the people, change what is in yourself. So nothing to blame or to complain. Get out of your bed. Change yourself. Do what you're supposed to do. And do something great out of your life. My last statement. That's a good, very good <laughs> statement. And have that belief in yourself and believe that Allah wants you to do amazing in this, in this life. Yes. And if everyone works on themselves, like you do, I do, my patients do. I'm, I'm always saying to my patients, I'm very proud of you. You do what you invest in yourself, the work you put in, the changes you make. I'm really proud of you. And if everyone does the same work, doing, yeah, investing in self-development, yeah. we will change rapidly. Our ummah will be on top again. Why shouldn't we? Why shouldn't we? That's true. Jazakallah khair for this interview. I really enjoyed talking to you. And may Allah bless you and bless your work with Barakah. Amen, amen. And yours as well. Thank you for listening. And if you want to connect with the Sister Karina, Look up from the description more details. And one more thing. 
productive Muslim nation. If you would love to be surrounded by like-minded people who are passionate about personal development and productivity. That's all from today. Signing off with dua for your success. Assalamu alaikum.